You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're talking about the sci-fi horror film, Life. You, no trouble. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Pilgrim capsule with its valuable Mars soil samples completes its eight-month return from Mars. Preparing to receive these samples has been the purpose of our mission these last few months. But the Pilgrim capsule is damaged. At 0630 UTC, Pilgrim was struck by debris and veered off course. Rory Adams will spacewalk to establish visual contact with the incoming space capsule and he will grab it with a remote arm. We've been waiting a long time for this sample. And Rory is placing himself at great risk to secure it. Over and out. Welcome to the podcast. I am Brian Elkins. With me tonight, director-writer Jeremy Benson. Thanks for having me back. So we are talking about this science fiction film, sci-fi horror film, Life, directed by Daniel Espinoso. What else has he made? Uh, Safe House is the only film, the only other one I've seen, uh, which also starred Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. It's not a bad movie, man. It's got a great fight scene between Ryan Reynolds and uh, Joel Kinnaman that is just really brutal. Um, It's a hand-to-hand combat scene, really well done. Like, it will equal the things you see in the Bourne movies and the Bond films. But, I mean, you know, I don't know. It, It was a Denzel Washington action movie. It was good. It's watchable. It's fun. It's like, you know, if you like Man on Fire, you'll like Safe House. Um, I didn't see Child 44, though. I did not see that one. The one he did with uh, Tom Hardy and Gary Oldman. I don't think many people did. Yeah. You're, well, in, you're in the majority here. I, he, You know, he had a big hit with Safe House and then Child 44. And it, unfortunately, it looks like this movie's not going to do that well at the box office either. That's a shame because this is actually really good. Well, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons we did this. We wanted to do this podcast. After seeing this, it was like... Yeah, this is sort of a jump to... What's the word I'm looking for? A call to arms. <laughs> when I, spontaneous. Spontaneous. Pod, this was not a planned podcast. Believe it or not, if you look, Brian does have a plan for his podcast. and He tries to stick to it, but this one was a little bit of a... He had seen the movie, called me, and was like, Hey, this movie's actually really good. Yeah, surprisingly well done. Yeah, I, I looked online and I noticed that it had some criticism, but 
I don't really see anything that you could criticize. At the same time, I think it's, uh, what was the Rotten Tomato score? It was 67%, so it's, I mean, it's more than half. Not certified fresh, but, you know, I don't know. It seemed to me like even the good reviews were sometimes kind of backhanded compliments where it's like, you know, hey, it's really good for something stupid. <laughs> but I didn't think it was stupid. I didn't either. I mean, I thought it was like a well-made monster movie. Like, when you're complaining I mean, I guess it rips you, off Alien, is that bad? I guess if you go in thinking, I want smart, interstellar, arrival-type sci-fi, then, yeah, you could probably be disappointed. But if you go in, I want a monster movie in space, it works. Yeah, I mean, this film, I don't think it was sold like smart sci-fi either. It was sold as... I, dude, I never even saw a trailer on this. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I'd never even heard of it when you called, but... You know, it's a movie, and you were raving about it, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. Yeah, no, the the trailers got me a little interested in it. I was like, yeah, you know, that looks pretty good. I really didn't hear anything about it opening weekend, so I didn't go see it opening weekend. I just like going to see horror movies, so, you know, I, I luckily just checked it out. I mean, even the artwork on this is kind of, kind of bland. You know, it's just actors' faces, or there's that one with the helmet and the hand in it. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Because this, this was a budget of, you know, $58 million. It's, it's nice to see movies in this budget range again. And it's, it's kind of a shame that it's not finding its audience in the theater. So why do you think it's not? Is it? I mean, I haven't seen any of the marketing, so I don't know how it's being marketed. Why do you think it's not finding an audience? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I mean, even I, mean, I haven't seen like usually like if a horror movie is coming out, I get. It's all over my Facebook feed, or anytime I jump on the internet, I'm seeing some sort of ad for it. I think somebody's targeting me. But for, I haven't seen anything on this. Is it a marketing plan that's shooting more towards, like, upper-end sci-fi, where they should have been aiming more towards, like, horror? I don't know. I know they moved it up in the schedule. I know it was supposed to come out in May, and they, they moved it because it was competing with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's the same audience. But... Aliens come, would be like Alien Covenant would be out a week before. So that seems like that's really bad timing. So maybe they moved it up and they didn't have enough time to really do the marketing. I don't, you know, to push the, you know, put that final polish on it. Cause I mean, they are cutting, what is that, like two months off their time. Yeah. That could be a factor. This movie's still out in the theater. I know it kind of dates the podcast, but you know, I'd like people to go see it. So, um, Almost like alien slasher monster movie in space. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. You know, like Alien was much more of like a haunted cerebral house. haunted house monster in space. Yeah, they had is, like some slasher scenes. This is, you know, pretty much here's our monster, he's our slasher, and he's gonna we gotta hide from him. But you know, there's some cool ideas that we'll probably get into later. But I mean overall it's a fun movie and I don't I don't yeah, I would I would assume that, you know, like word of mouth would start catching on, but yeah, word of I, mouth should, man. I guess it. I guess it depends on. I mean, it, it's that whole like trap of what are you expecting when you go in. I know with like Girl in Woods, like some of the complaints, some people that had a like a preconceived idea of what they wanted the movie to be when they saw the movie and it wasn't what they wanted it to be, then they didn't like it. And I was talking. I was talking to the one girl who hated it the first time she saw it. She's a big horror fan. No, it was a guy. I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought he I said he was, said he was a girl. It's my bad. Um, but he hated it the first time he saw it, and then the second time he saw it, he loved it. 
and he called me after watching it again and was you know he explained that well when i first saw it i kept expecting you know this to happen or this to happen and i didn't get what i expected to happen i'm guilty of that sometimes so i didn't like the movie i felt like it did not deliver but then when i went back and watched it for what it was i fell in love with it and that's the reason I was asking about the marketing. If it's marketed more like Arrival, and you're going in thinking you're going to get this sort of human story, you know, wrapped into this sci-fi, then you could leave going, "Oh, that was shit." The marketing felt like it was for a horror film, definitely, always. Or may is it the mark? I'm I'm asking you these questions because I literally had never even heard of this movie. <laughs> I don't. I had no idea this movie even existed. And see, so you're a horror fan, so it's like. That is, I mean, to like, me, that's how just, did that miss me? Yeah, exactly. I open up Facebook and it's like horror movie coming out. This horror movie, I mean, like Raw and this was in front of Get Out, and I saw the trailer in front of Get Out, and I think Kong. See, I haven't, I haven't seen Get Out. I saw Kong, but it wasn't on Kong. It wasn't in front of your Kong. No. Okay, yeah, I think, I think I saw it in front of Kong and Get Out. So I'd never even heard of this movie. So. You know, I mean, I went in with complete blank. I didn't know what it was about. I just know you, you said it was good and it had something to do with the space station. The only part of the, in the trailer where you even see the creature, it, they show that one scene where it starts to crawl into Ryan Reynolds' mouth and you see him grabbing for it. Now, I assume that it shows the creature grabbing onto the glove because when I was telling my dad about it, that's what he remembered yep. from the television shot. Yeah, and that's something smart they do. Like, if you, if you haven't seen this and, and you're listening to this podcast, like, they only show you in the trailer of the creature that its first form. Yeah. It, it definitely evolves. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see it in the, in the trailer where it's like, you know, you see the two different stages. So it, there's some other stuff here. There's other surprises. But that, I guess that's what I wanted to get into before we went into spoilers. Okay. Um, let's, let's address some of the complaints that you've seen online that are non-spoiler related. Because I kind of want to, if if someone's listening to this and they they haven't heard of this movie or they've seen it but they look online and somebody said it sucks, let's let's address some of the some of the ideas. We'll get into more detailed stuff later, but let's 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 soothe some 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 worries about going to see it because I really would like people to go see this movie. I mainly because I want to see the sequel. I think the big one that we can talk about for sure is everybody has knocked this film for being. Unoriginal. 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 Yes, is it derivative of Alien, Apollo 13, Gravity? I mean, it's not the most original movie out there, but what they do with it is... Well, they put effort in it, man. Like, if they take a scene from another movie and it's Everything is interesting. Yeah, they change it somehow. I guess this is this is more like a longer version of a logline, so this isn't a spoiler. I mean, the the premise of the movie is these people on the International Space Station are awaiting the satellite coming back from Mars. It has some soil samples where they think there may be some frozen forms of Martian life. Like their satellite picks up some bacteria or something. And they get it, they find it, there's some Martian life on there, and it begins to wake up and evolve on the ship and chaos ensues. If that's not original enough for you, then I'm sorry, but it's an interesting premise. I mean, how many times do we get movies that people are raving about that are just a retelling of another movie? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, t- it borrows things from 
other stories, but I'm I'm okay with that. What doesn't? I mean, Alien borrowed stuff. I mean, like people are going around and being like, "Oh, this is so derivative of Alien." Like Alien is not also like oh, oh man, I can't even remember like it, uh, Terror from Beyond Space, and that right. um, man, what is that old Italian film? Um, you know what I'm talking about? The space vampire movie that uh, that Italian filmmaker did. I'm blanking on his name. Mario Brava, I think. Anyway, it's just, I mean, that's pulling it. It's getting inspiration from something else. I don't understand. I mean, I'm usually one of the worst about it. It's not original, but I don't, this is not one of those situations where I felt like it was a complete derivative of Alien. No, I think it did enough enough th- I mean, new things. Are there some callbacks? Yeah. Absolutely. But you're you're telling a story about a monster in a spaceship. There's going to be callbacks. Dude, I swear to God, the music, uh, when the title comes up, I swear to God, the music, there is a 2001 call out. Oh, but that's a perfect example. You know what I mean? Um, Interstellar. Great movie, but does it call back to 2001? Oh, hell yes. yes. Did anybody but you complain? No, not really. That robot yeah, <laughs> that robot looked just like the monolith, man. It looked you, just like You the had monolith. a hard time with that. I don't know why the robot had to look like the monolith. That's all. That movie got raved by critics. Like Critics love that movie. So it's because it's a smart, more cerebral science fiction film. Okay, but why do you have to like love that and not say that it's oh well that's derivative of two thousand one? But this is a monster on a spaceship, so it's not original. Yeah, because it's a horror film. That's exactly why. Okay, so if you're a horror fan, <laughs> you you know how you've been treated. <laughs> Go see the movie. I like Arrival. I like Gravity. I like Interstellar for the most part, and those are great movies. Also like some monsters in outer space going around killing crew members one by one, picking them off. I like that too. You know, I also like the siege story element. Like you're trapped in a space station. There's some callbacks even to the thing. I'm okay, man. I'm okay with all this. I, it's pulling from sci-fi that I already enjoy anyway, and it's changing it enough. I don't know, man. It seems a little nitpicky to me. Okay, the other thing, I saw this, and I, I just did not. I did not understand this complaint at all. The alien is too smart. I, without getting into spoilers, I'll say that I never thought the alien was made to look smart. I thought it was made to look like the ultimate survival thing. Yeah, I thought everything it did had like a reactionary purpose or a survival purpose. It never like tries to trick people. It just does stuff. Yeah. And they're having, I mean, at the same time, they're, while it's doing things, they're having to figure out why it's doing these things. And it always comes down to it needs this to survive. And, you know, I don't think it ever does anything like that's so super smart. And I haven't also seen like an octopus do on planet Earth. You know I what mean, I mean? Like the one time I thought it went a little bit into the smart area was when it hitchhiked, hitchhiked on the guy. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll explain later when we're into spoilers. There is a reason that he wouldn't have noticed, and uh, yeah, we got we got to talk about that scene in spoilers. <laughs> and you know, it is just feeding. Yeah, and they they do call that out, and it, 
they do a good job with playing with the title, even though the title is like it's just life. I mean, even doing research on this film, it was like I kept having to type in "Life 2017 Movie" because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, there's a bunch of shit that's fucking life and movie, and they get they milk that title, man. And you know, what I mean, survival uh, is. And all in all, I think they did a pretty good job of pointing out some questions and more meat to the story than hey, we just have this monster here. All right, well, let's play the trailer, and that way we can get into spoilers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I think we both highly recommend catching it. If you're a horror fan, if you're a sci-fi fan, don't go in expecting 2001 Interstellar or Arrival. That's true. Go in expecting... Scary entertainment. A movie that if you would have caught it on a- on USA back in the day and you'd watched it on Saturday afternoon, you'd have called your buddies and went, hey, I just saw this really fun movie. It's in theaters now. Catch it while it's out. Hey, guys. It's a girl. Hey! Congratulations. Do you have any idea who the father is? Shut up. <laughs> well, story time. All right, let's go. Three, two, one. This is Dr. David Jordan. Our mission is to intercept a research pod from Mars. 16 steps to fix a shower. I'm an astronaut, not a gym teacher. <laughs> this is the first capsule ever to come back from the planet. We have visual confirmation. I see it. This could be a major scientific breakthrough. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Woo! Cue Instagram! <laughs> We're looking at the first proof of life beyond Earth. Lowering oxygen, more carbon dioxide. That's beautiful. You're finally a daddy. It's going to be a big custody battle over this one. Are you going to bring the Martian back to Earth? No, we're going to keep it up here. We're going to study where it's safe. Look how fast it's growing. Every single cell is a muscle cell and a nerve cell. All muscle, all brain. How smart is this thing? These creatures wiped out Mars millions of years ago. If we let it get to Earth, we'll risk all human life. Let's kill the thing. All right, we're back. I stole your line. (laughs) That was the trailer for life. Yeah, life. So we talked about we we enjoyed this movie. Let's let's go into the. Hey, don't put now. words in my mouth. Wait, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I like this movie. <laughs> I think we we said it was thoroughly entertaining. I mean, that's the thing. It is it's a fun, fun, fast paced movie. Yeah, it's not going to re make you rethink the meaning of life. But pun intended. It it almost should have been like named Trapped. <laughs> Only that was a movie with but, Kevin Bacon. I mean, I like. I like some of the stuff like, you know, they're on the space... Okay, they're on the International Space Station. They get this specimen in from Mars, and they're testing it over the course of like a month. And God, man, just who could live on that space station for that? It would drive me nuts to never be able to just drive to the store. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. If you were claustrophobic at all... Like, there's no way. You know, I was was kind of okay with it. I you know, just the... Felt a little disoriented in the beginning, but when they got into those little their little sleep tubes, I was like, "Hell no!" Yeah, like one no night way. of that, I'd be like, "You can't roll." And 
Uh, guys, you got to send me back down. No, this is I would miss me. gravity after a minute. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of wanted to be in space and float around, though. I, I think it would be fun for an hour or two, but then yeah, that's true. After a day or two, I'd be like, okay, I want my food to stay on the plate. Yeah, I guess that would get old after a couple of days. Chasing your food around. <laughs> Look how you eat peas. <laughs> Okay, I, I did like that. That the call back in the be- well, no, it's not a callback, but in the in the beginning of the film where they they're talking to people from Earth, they even have like the high school, um, which I student. thought was fun. Yeah, name it. They name the they named the alien life form Calvin. Calvin after the high school from Die Hard Three. <laughs> Calvin Coolidge, who in some, I've heard some people recently mention is maybe the greatest president ever. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I, I don't know anything about him, so I can't say whether or not, but. You know, I'm kind of ignorant on on on. <laughs> so Mr. anyway, Coolidge yeah. But so well. anyway, they get they get this you know specimen in, and it eventually turns into a monster and kills everybody. The kind of side premise is that the astronauts realize they they cannot let this thing get back to Earth, and you know it adds just another level of intensity and you know fun. And they do this the good. Flick. They do that good reveal with the firewalls too. Where they tell you like what firewall one, firewall two, like firewall one's the little box, firewall two's the lab, right? And then slowly throughout the movie, you realize firewall three is the whole station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I thought that was kind of a fun little plot point. Yeah, it's it's one of those good reveals later when they NASA tries to push them out into outer space, and you know, it's like yeah, because there's one lady there that's in charge of like safety. Yeah, and. Or she works with the with the CDC? Something like that. I think that's what they said. They've radioed in for help, but because the little creature needed water, it sucked all the coolant out of the radio, so the radio stopped working. What's That's some shit luck right there, dude. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see like one of the complaints being that it's too smart because it breaks their radio, but it's not intentionally breaking their radio. It's looking for water and oxygen. That's what I was thought was so smart about it. It's not... It's not going around like it's crippling their communications. And No, everything it's doing, there's an animalistic reason for it. I mean, it, it does evolve quick, and it does become a functioning creature fairly quick. Every time yeah. it eats, it gets bigger. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's all well within the horror genre suspension of disbelief. I, yeah, I don't know why you'd complain about that. I mean, like, dude, an alien, the thing pops out, and it's a little teeny baby, and, like, five minutes later, it's full grown. Okay, we have to discuss uh, Ryan Reynolds when it first turns bad. It, the the doctor dude goes in, and he's got the gloves on. It wraps around his hand, breaks his fingers. I guess that part, it was showing some intelligence when it breaks the metal run and then oh, pokes yeah. a hole in the glove. When he was shocking it, yeah. And it, yeah. Well, see, that was cool, though. I like that. But at the same time, they answer the question that... It was like an octopus. Like, don't octopuses do that? Instead of it octopi? having... It doesn't have a brain. The whole thing is a brain, and the whole yeah. thing is a muscle. Its brain is as big as it is. And by that point, I mean, it's probably close to the size of a human brain. Uh, that's one thing I like too. That one little cell. All it has to survive of it is a teeny, teeny cell, and, and it will com- it'll multiply <laughs> as soon as the environment comes back. Like it'll yeah, re- it'll start reanimating and coming right. back to life. And that's one of the reasons they shock it with the wand. And that that is one point in the movie that's a little confusing. The movie kind of cuts out whatever the the scientist in the lab does wrong. But uh, he leaves the um like that valve open. 
and it yeah. shuts down the atmosphere. But they don't show it. The alarm, the alarm goes off. off, and then they all run in, and he apologizes that he left the valve open. And then he wakes it up by shocking it, and then Ooh. all hell breaks loose. Yeah, man, that was a bad move. Ryan Reynolds goes in to help him and gets trapped in the lab. And Calvin slimes down his throat. At this point, Calvin is is sort of like a little quick blob. It kind of looks like a starfish. Yeah. So you're expecting, you know, this is sort of an alien callback. You're expecting the chest burst. Yeah. But what do you get instead? Which I thought was great. I thought it was like brutal and your imagination is just going, oh my God. You, you get the reverse chest burst and then you get the chest burst right after it. <laughs> And I understand why they put that shot in the trailer because it's so horrifying when the cr- Calvin starts going down Ryan Reynolds' throat, and he's man, he is grabbing onto that thing and trying to stop it, and man, it just it just sweeps right by and went oh. It reminds me a lot of like oh. watching people fight with like big snakes. Oh, it's something is so disturbing about that when his after it gets down there and, and his, you're hearing those crunching sounds as it's eating his insides. Oh, especially after later, like when you when you replay how it eats later, how it just kind of like its whole body wraps around something and just sort of absorbs into it. I feel like it goes up into his brain because you see his eyes start filling with blood, but he's in no gravity. So all the blood is coming out, but it's just floating around him. It was a really cool shot. I thought this was really good, like zero G CGI blood. Like I, I liked the CGI blood in this film. Quite I thought a bit. all the special effects in this film were good. For fifty-eight million, yes, sir. I was really impressed. Like, like gravity impressed. Well, maybe not gravity impressed. It was, was pre- it was pretty. It was pretty on point. But it also had a double so, the budget. Ryan Reynolds is in the lab. He's been trying to kill it with this flamethrower incinerator thing, which is cool because it's not just like they have a flamethrower in space. Like, he, what is it? It's like a disposal unit, the guy says, and they give him instructions on how to take it off. They said, put it in the incinerator, and he goes, well, use the incinerator or something like that. Yeah, it's some, like, incinerator disposal unit they have on there. Yeah, in case they need to get rid of this thing. I guess there was an incinerator, and he pulled the, like, generator off of it. But anyway, now he has, like, a flamethrower, but it doesn't work. He can't catch Calvin, because Calvin's fast. After Calvin kills him and climbs back out, the fire thing makes the fire alarm go off. So they're trying to shut down the vents, <laughs> yeah. and Calvin is running to vent, to vent, to vent, and of course on the last one, the little fucker gets up in there and he gets away. Dude, I love that sound effect of the the, the little oxygen stopper. That was some great foley, dude. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a lot of like fun, tense sequences. I mean, the tension is so well done, dude. Like, it keeps you on the edge of your seat, and that, that's what you want in this kind of film. You know, it's, it's a monster movie in space. You want it to be scary. You want it to be thrilling. The movie delivers. And it, there's some character moments in here, though. And there's some cool, like, space that would be a terrible way to die moments, too. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Like, right after this, they realize that they go to try to radio that we have a serious problem. Calvin has gotten loose. He is dangerous. And the radio stops working, and they're like, why would the radio stop working? And they realize that somebody has to go out and check. Leader lady gets suited up, and she does the space walk out to the radio, and she opens this valve, and all the coolant is gone. Yeah. And they realize that Calvin has gotten into the coolant vent and has drank all the water. 
So now he's a lot bigger. She gets Calvin all attached to her. At this moment, what I would have done is just just sacrificed yourself right then and there. Just gone out, take Calvin with you. That's what I thought she was going to do. Right? But she doesn't. She does try to survive. But I think that that's kind of a th- the theme of the film. And I, Well, yeah, it's all was, life is even down to when you get to the end... They're they're trying to figure out. Except for that one guy, he's willing to sacrifice himself, but everybody else is constantly trying to get save their own ass. Yeah, and I think a lot of the complaints that some people had about, you know, the characters that was another one. The characters do stupid things. Survival is the theme of the film, and some of these people do things that yeah, they could have killed the creature. Like they could have just turned off the oxygen and the entire you know space station and sacrificed every- all of their lives. Yeah. And it would have killed it. But they do want to survive. <laughs> now, it did make me wonder, like, science-wise, you know, she's in space and it wraps around her leg. It plays right into what just happened because it wraps around her leg and breaks her coolant valve and starts sucking the water out of her coolant in her suit. Scientifically, if it's in space, wouldn't it just implode? Well, I mean, it needs water to live, so... I'm just talking about the vacuum. Wouldn't the vacuum either, like... Well, I mean, if it had water in its body, it would freeze. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, the minute it stepped out in space, it would be a frozen popsicle. I mean, realistically. In space, do you... Don't you, like... I'm going to sound like an idiot, but do... Will your body stay full? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, all your fluids and everything are gone, yeah. So it would just freeze, yeah, because... I don't yeah. know. I guess in my brain, I've always heard that you just like it's a perfect vacuum. The vacuum would just pull you apart. No, no, you don't get pulled apart. So Calvin is not showing any sign of pressure change. But I mean, you just have to accept that this is a different life form, and we don't understand how it works. Well, the, the doctor you know? even said, or the scientist even says, it's amazing his survival capabilities. Yeah, I mean, they do kind of play it off, but. I mean, it didn't bother I'm me. I'm fine with it. But that was the only time in the movie that I even thought about, like, well, wouldn't that just kill it? Are you making it, this thing too indestructible? It's out in space for a long time. Well, I mean, that that is... Now, they do build on that scene, though, where they're the he's crawling around on the outside and everything, and they're doing the thrusters. Yeah, because he keeps trying to get into the thrusters because yeah. he, he's going to die. Now, see, I like that. I thought that was a nice... And suspense. in my brain, I I I answered it with, well, he's got that kind of jelly coating, so that's helping him not die. But I love that um. her her coolant gets broke, so her helmet starts filling with water. Dude, now that is crazy. So not only is she stuck out in space, but now she's about to drown. It's water with no gravity, so it could like. But just it's literally... toxic, so she can't drink it. I know, and it could just float into your face. Like, what would you do? You can't bat it away. You can't put your hand in there. <laughs> like, what would you do? That's so fucking freaky, dude. Yeah, because it keeps floating up right around. Oh, it was really, really cool shot. Oh, I was actually reading. That's actually based on a true story. Really? Yeah, that was that happened to some uh, astronaut that was out on a spacewalk. I Did think it kill were... him? No, no, he survived. I, I don't remember 100% what the story was, but it wasn't coolant. Uh, he, had, he got some water in his spacesuit, and yeah, it blocked his vision, and he was really worried it was going to drown. He was worried it was, the water was going to float in front of his face. I mean, what do you do? It made me wonder if like somebody dies on the space station, what do they do with the body? I guess you just wrap it up, man. I mean, that's what they do in this movie. They just wrap it I mean, what, what else do you do with it? I didn't know if they did like a you know Star Trek 
go into orbit type thing. Oh, surely they bring it back down, right? Surely they bring, I mean, bring a dead body back down of an astronaut, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a long time to hold on to a dead body. The hero. It's not like you're going to send a shuttle up just to get the body. Well, when it, when, you get, when you get everybody else down, right? You just. But that's a long time to ask a crew to hang on to a dead body. <sighs> that's true. Stick it outside, let it freeze, and then you grab it when you go home. Would there be bacteria in the space station to cause decomposition? Man, we needed Neil deGrasse Tyson on this episode. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is total like just nerd talk, like after the movie, because we really they they provide enough to get you through the film and to understand like the rules of the creature, what the creature's capable of doing by letting him go outside and he can survive a vacuum in space. You're setting up the very real possibility he could survive re-entry into Earth. Raises the stakes. So, story-wise, I totally understand why they did it. Like, when he's outside on the thrusters, they run out of fuel, it throws him off course, and the alien gets back in. (laughs) Right. And then they have to use what's remaining of the fuel, because now they're off course and they're going back onto Earth. They can't take Calvin back onto the Earth, so they have to spend the rest of their fuel to push themselves back into orbit. You know, I guess it's, it is like a disaster movie with uh, you know, Gravity and Alien. It does have that disaster movie slasher feel to it. It's a nice... It does have a sci-fi. very slasher feel to me. Like, yes. everything kind of ups the stakes. I think that's why I like it as much as I did, man. You know, I saw... I forget who it was. I think it was IndieWire wrote something like, just another monster movie in space. I was like, yeah, because we get so fucking many of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's What's not make wrong another with one? another monster movie in space. It is very much like a slight. It's got good kills. It's got little good surprise moments. Like one of the moments is they realize that if they all go to this one room, they'll they'll just pump all the oxygen out of the rest of the ship, and they'll just have to live in this one room for a little while. They all go into this one room. The main like scientist guy has, suddenly has a heart attack. So they're shocking him, and oh, they, they yeah, notice the that he's bleeding in his eyes. A little backstory. You find out earlier in the movie that he's been in a wheelchair most of his life. His legs are useless, like he's paralyzed. Now, that was a really, really great effect, man. I bought that 100%. Um, yeah, his legs look real small yeah. and, and useless, and he can't feel his legs. And he likes being on the ship because he doesn't have to use his wheelchair. He, he can move around just like everybody else. That was a good character moment, too. Yeah. Him not being able to feel his legs is not very, it's not a good thing because Calvin has hitchhiked into the safe room on his leg and has been feeding on his leg. So when they pull his pants up, there's Calvin and what's left of his leg. No, it is implied that Hugh may have let him do that. Really? I didn't get that. Yeah, because that's when he talks about Calvin's just a... He's just a life form trying to survive. He's not evil. But I didn't get that as a, I let him come in here so he can kill y'all. Well, he does kind of see it in the hall where they do the first POV shot. And you get the idea that, may, that he maybe assaulted may may Maybe, because I mean, there, is, he did. There, is that, there is that moment earlier when Ryan Reynolds is like, I'm your pal. It's not your pal. I'm your pal. <laughs> yeah, get your head out of your ass and stop dreaming. Come back to reality, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he might have done it on purpose. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that, like, I'm a mad scientist. I don't know why I just did my 20s voice, but... (laughs) 
But it does have that, like, you know, like the thing from another world where, like, I'm the mad scientist. I understand the alien. I, I kind of want to help it. You know, that, that 50s monster movie trope. It's a subtle version of that, I think. Just a little bit. It's, it's, I think it's subtle. He gets a little obsessed. He totally caused all of them to die, though. Oh, yeah. It's all his fault. <laughs> it really is all his fault. If he'd have just let Calvin be, then I don't know. Then they would have brought it back to Earth. I don't think they were ever going to bring it back to Earth. The way that uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character was talking, she was like, no, this is this was never going to happen. I mean, the minute they even hear the creature is out, because they only get half that transmission out, NASA's like, all right, it's been a day. Fuck these guys. <laughs> Goodbye, well, space I, station. See, I, I assumed they were going to do a bunch of tests, and once they, realized, they, once they confirmed that Calvin is not dangerous, then they would bring it back to Earth for testing. The doctor woke it up. Idiot. So, which, you know, in the end, may have been good, except for <laughs> not going any further than that, because you guys need to see the movie, but... Uh, you don't... Wait, man, you don't want to talk about... Oh, come on. At least tell me if you liked the ending or not, man. Oh, yeah, I liked it. it was, I was a little confused. Yeah, one... All right. Fuck it. End of the movie. There's like it's two characters. So perfectly pulled off. There's two characters left, and they 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 think they're gonna have to. Both of them are gonna have to die. They're just gonna push the entire space station off into space, and they're they're running out of oxygen. And when they run out of oxygen, Calvin will run out of oxygen, and all three of them will die. One dude remembers. Holy crap! There are two lifeboats on here. They're both programmed to, once you hit the go button, they fly into Earth. Um, I'll take one of them. I'll put you in the other. We have these, this is a cool invention. You know, This looks like it may be set in like the future a little bit. Oh, no, it's totally set in the future. Um, they've got these cool inventions where it's a, it's an oxygen stick that yeah. it burns and it releases oxygen. You can hold it right up to your face to breathe. While the, the entire space station is losing oxygen, he starts opening these to attract Calvin and Calvin grabs them and just like wraps on and sucks all the oxygen out and then runs to the next one. It's almost cute doing it. Well, you know, that's when they were talking about like, it's too smart, but they're still, the humans are still smart enough to trap it. You know, it's still acting like an alien. I mean, it's yeah, it's still acting like an animal just reacting not, to its needs. Yeah. yeah. An, a an animal, not an alien. So <laughs> dude gets in his pod. Calvin comes in with him he sat, he turns on the last oxygen thing, lets Calvin have it, takes off, resets the course to fly off into space because he's going to sacrifice himself and just fly off into space. He doesn't want to go home. It's Jake Gyllenhaal, and they do this nice thing with, uh, they set up in his character about he, he likes being in outer space, and it's an it's a nice thing. It's nice little ironic twist that like well, he he had been up there a long time, yeah. And, they were already saying, you need to go home, and he's like, I don't ever want to go home early in the movie. So when he says he wants to sacrifice himself, it's okay. And she gets in the other lifeboat, and she's going to go home. So she hits the button to go, and then there's some crashing. Calvin has wrapped around his hand. But the way it's cut, you think they're going in the right directions. Yeah, you see one pod go off One into pod goes space. off into outer space, and one <laughs> pod goes under Earth. And it lands, and it, the way it's intercutting, it looks like she goes through the atmosphere. Yeah. And then lands on Earth, and there's some, like, Taiwanese fishermen that see the pod, and they go over, and right before they start opening it, you hear, uh, what's his name again? 
Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. You hear him screaming, no, no, no. And then they finally, they get the hatch open and you see that there's Calvin and Calvin has been like wrapped around him and everything else. So now Calvin is on Earth and then it cuts to Chicky flying off into space screaming because now she knows she's going to die. Right when she gets in that pod too, she delivers like that's great message of like don't ever let the martian life form get to earth and it turns so ominous when you realize it's like no she's out i mean i saw this coming i'm not gonna lie i saw it coming well yeah i mean it's pretty didn't care it was executed fucking beautifully man you just look and like this is when a director has control of the story and he's just telling it beautifully man like just master storytelling here dude the way it's cut uh, and one of the editors worked on uh, Mary Jo McKay, worked from Star Wars, Episode 7, J.J.'s editor. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, you're seeing right here. It's just really good, the way it's cutting back and forth to the pods, inside the pods. and It's misleading enough, but it's not false. No, it's, it's like once well. you Once you go back and think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, hers does say this. And, and I just felt so bad for her, knowing that... <laughs> I mean, you think about it, that that would be like, how long is she just going to float there? Oh, dude, I just opened the door and end it, man. Oh, God. Because, like, that, she literally might have, like, days of oxygen where she... <laughs> that would suck. And she's just screaming. You know she would be insane because she would just be screaming for days. And it's not like, like, if you get trapped in, like, a coffin here on Earth, Ooh, you, that would suck you're going to scream and scratch, but you have that hope that you can get out. For her, like, there is no hope that she's getting out. All she can do is just, no, I don't want to die, and maybe push buttons and beg it to turn around, get in my suit and try to project myself back to Earth like Iron Man. That's right, do your Iron Man. Oh, man. That was... See, I mean, like, I, I don't know what it is, but, like, when, when you have your tone right and you do these uh, rid- ridiculous moments in these science fiction films, in certain movies, I just buy it more. You know where it's yeah. I mean, this is not. It's, it's never set up to be. Hey, this is real. This <laughs> I know is right? real science. It, this is we're gonna have fun with science. Yeah, and it de- it, de- it definitely takes place in the future. I'm glad you brought that up because like of all the holographic displays that they have and yeah. I mean, they keep it pretty realistic. I mean, it but... it it's like a future that's maybe fifty years away. Yeah. The the one other thing I wanted I wanted to touch on in the end. I wanted to get your thoughts. At the very end of the movie, I think it's so cool because it's not explained when Calvin has Jake Gyllenhaal trapped right before they crash land to Earth. He does this weird thing where he grabs his hands and puts them up against the wall. You think it looks like it's going to eat him? Because at this point, at, at the end of the movie, Calvin's evolved into like this octopus with a snake head, squid. I don't know. It's Squid weird. snake creature. Like if a squid, an octopus, and a snake had a three-way and a child was born from it. That's actually that's actually that's not a, that's a really good way to describe it. Actually, it explodes though once it grabs him. It does this weird thing where it like poofs out, and then the next time you see Jake Gyllenhaal, he's trapped and he. It looks like he's kind of like in a cocoon with all this web shit all around him, and you can only see his face and all this other just alien gook. I see. Maybe it's just my imagination because I thought it went into him like that last shot where it looked like it struck forward. I thought that was it going into his face. So my brain, when they opened the door, was like it had come out of his stomach and was all like grown all over the place like the spider web of Calvin. Well, he didn't seem like he was in pain, though. And he could still talk. Yeah, he was was definitely yelling, no, no. Yeah. 
and he he couldn't he couldn't move his arms because he's like he was it looked like he was cocooned, and I didn't know if that was they were trying to imply. I don't that know. That was I would have evolution. To, or, I would have to look at it. Man, I only saw it once, so I wasn't you know I wasn't expecting what I saw, and yeah. my brain kind of filled in the gaps. That I thought the reason he couldn't move was like Calvin was coming out of parts of him, and he was in this like Calvin web. Well, see, I don't know, man. It doesn't give you enough information where you can actually... It's a really quick shot. It is, man. And it works because you don't know what you just saw. Like, it even takes you a minute to go, holy crap, that's... You're right, on, bo- on both of them, too. Like, when it's when it, you, when he first comes and does the explosion thing in the pod, and then even even down in the water, you're right. Like, both of those are... You just get it's, a it's visual not, It's not sense like they go it. in and go, here's what you're seeing. You get a quick shot and you're out. Yeah, no Zack Snyder slow-mo on cuts it. cuts back to poor Chicky about to die the most worst. <laughs> that's got to be the worst worst way to die ever. Oh, man. Uh, Floating out into space in a pod no bigger than a coffin. Oh, uh, that music, that fucking the, the music that's playing over there is just so and ominous. And I think the way she's screaming, like just frantically screaming and you just like girl there's just no hope like you're fucked i mean i mean i was laughing about like they used up all of their fuel to to try to blow calvin out of the the exhaust ports yeah and i was like come on it's the space the space station come on (laughs) it's up there forever it's gotta have more than like they can't run out of gas that that was one cool thing I did like. They did explain how they uh, modularly add things to the space station. I thought that was kind of cool, and they did they brought that up in the design with the compartment door closings. Yeah, I mean, and the space That's station's cool. cool too. I mean, just even think that there are people living up there. It's insane. Yeah, I'm dude. That the first thing I did after seeing this movie was like look up ISS pictures and like, oh man, I gotta see what it really looks like inside. There's pretty cool YouTube videos you can find. I remember, like, you went, yeah, you went down to Huntsville to the NASA thing. Oh, yeah, the rocket. Um, um, and they have, the, they have the space station that you can walk through. And I was, like, the whole yeah. time watching this movie, I was trying to imagine just living in those tunnels. And I was like, oh, I mean, a day would be cool. A week, maybe. But these people are up there for months. Can you think it's of, It's still like, bigger than those lunar modules, though. Can you think of, like, a so month of... No, just going out into the sunlight. Well, you know, you get some sunlight, right? You don't get fresh air. It's all that pumped in. Like, no walking. No. Going to the bathroom is more difficult. Hey, they answer answer what happens to it, though. Yeah, that's true. They don't answer what you do with a dead body in space, but by God, they answer what you do with shit in space. (laughs) Important things to cover. I think we already gave her final thoughts in the beginning. We we, we really enjoy it. Is there, is there anything else? Uh, yeah, we've usually given our final thoughts before. What are your final thoughts? Well, is there is there anything you wanted to say in closing about the movie? Nah, I mean, I just, I mean it made me really look forward to whatever this guy's going to make next. Oh, you brought up a, um interesting point. Tell him about the Venom thing. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even know this going in, but apparently when they screened this at um, South by Southwest... Sometimes Sony announced that they're doing a standalone a Venom movie, you know, from the Spider-Man franchise. I think he was in Spider-Man 3. And for, for those of you that don't know, Venom is an alien life form that came into... Y'all all know that. <laughs> it's who an alien doesn't? symbiote. Who, who doesn't know about Venom? The rumor that was going around on the internet it was that this was a Venom prequel. This was the prequel to that movie. 
This movie was done by Sony. Sony owns the Venom rights, the Spider-Man rights. So it does make sense, and it could work out. When they asked the director, the director's like, oh, no comment. Playing it all cool. I did find an article, um, I think on the thrill list, where the writers directly came out and said, no, that's actually a pretty clever idea, and could, we should promote that to help our box office. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally could almost work. It could. If you wanted to go like a horror-type Venom movie, then it, it would be pink instead of black. Well, no, this creature was kind of like, it was, this creature was dark. I mean, it wasn't pink. It always looked pink to me, like pinkish. It got darker the bigger it got, but... Yeah, I always thought it looked kind of green, green and brown. It's some green... When it was little, it was pink. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, in the first form, yeah, where it was kind of clear, yeah, it was clear and pink. Yeah, you're right. And his tentacles always looked sort of pink, but it got, as it got bigger and more, like, less transparent, more opaque. Yeah. It got more, like, greeny-brown... When it looked like the, uh, what was it, the octopus uh, Like, it, it, it looked less jellyfish and looked more reptilian. So it could evolve into a black Spider-Man suit. I don't know. You you watch the movie and, yeah. Like, I Sony mean, should totally just announce that, yeah, this is the prequel to Venom. Go see it. Which is the next one's called Venom. This one's the prequel. Go see it. People would flock to see this thing after that. You know, yeah, there would be a lot more people going to see it and... Man, yo, I wish I wish people would go see this movie. Go see it; it's good. It's just one of those weird things where it's one. Of, I don't know what it is, what it's doing in the box office. What did it do last weekend? Uh, it's so far on its fifty eight million dollar budget. It has made forty two million fifty two million worldwide. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. But in the states, it's only made like twenty four, twenty five million so far. So. But it's just one of those movies that's you don't get fifty eight million dollar horror movies often. And I want people to support stuff like this because I want to see more of it. I'm a little superheroed out with the $150 million budgets. And it seems, you know, it seems the other way you get a $10 million horror film that's, oh, let's remake this or let's remake this. And then at the very low end, you have the, I have an original idea, but I have no money to put into it. So I want people to support stuff like this so they'll take those chances more often. Yeah. And this is not one that, like, I left going, it's okay. Like, I left it really liking it. I did want to talk about one little nitpicky thing I had. When I first started watching the movie, I almost got a little worried. The opening shot of the film, where it, it's kind of cool, but it, it's all one, it's all done in one shot, where they're catching the, the space satellite at the beginning. Yeah. Because that didn't bother me at all. After seeing Gravity, it's not, it's not as spectacular I thought it was the cheapest in terms of like look wise. I thought it looked the cheapest, and it was pro. And if you're talking about like people want to See, talk I mean, about stupid I mean, parts, I thought, I thought it. I thought it was there to just sort of set up. This is what kind of movie this is. Instead of them receiving the, you know, they get the. It's all serious and taken, you know, taken very seriously. The satellite gets there, they receive it. Yeah. Well, no, you know, this movie's gonna have fun with it. The satellite's roaring in, and they're gonna have to catch it with the robot arm, and you know, it's all fun, goofy space shit. I did appreciate that they're sort setting of, up there. Yeah, it set the tone of you can have fun with this. Don't expect gravity. Yeah, I, I like how it's it's setting up the location too. It's walking you through this the space station. Now, for me, I got a little tired of them being upside down constantly. Yeah, like I get that in space, there's no up and down. It's everything's just floating. But 
on the frame there is an up and down. So when they just lingered on those people setting upside down in the frame, it was like it wasn't as like like in in Arrival when they go into the anti gravity room. Suddenly they're upside down on your frame. That works. Because but then in the next shot they cut their right side, like they're right in the frame. Even though now we know that you know it's the other way around. This just kind of lingered and it didn't work as well visually for me. It's sort of like I it was it was making it hard for me to process what I'm seeing. They got a little too cutesy with the camera movement, yeah, and it made it a little harder to process. And there's is just my opinion, yeah. There's just some of those moments where it's like where gravity is so well thought out and the camera is so well placed. And it's just constantly moving. It's very fluid, very but it, natural. It, it keeps you. This one is not as natural feeling, camera wise. Yeah, where well, in gravity, it it does all that, but it keeps you oriented in a way that you're never really disoriented. This disorients you a little bit, and I can understand wanting to do that a little bit, but at the same time, like I don't know, it just feels like it goes one step too far in the uh, in the camera tricks, and yeah. it. Like for me, I still want to be able to comprehend what I'm seeing, and when it 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 went to that level where I'm I was starting to have trouble like comprehend everything that I was trying to take in because you're trying to take in a lot of imagery at that point. I mean, it, it's well done. It's it just does stick out a little bit. It's not as well crafted as the rest of the movie. I feel like that's like either the first thing they did or the very last thing they did, and they ran out of money, or you know what I mean. It doesn't feel as well put together as the rest of the film. I see, it's to me, it just feels like... Solid. At this point, we're trying to show like an epic space shot. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie, it's more grounded, and we're shooting a monster movie in space. <laughs> yeah. Like, the shots are very old school, where that one feels very fluid. You know, it's trying to be very fluid, and you're, the camera's upside down, and people are floating, and you're moving through an entire space station in one shot. It it's a lot to take in. I always always like those long shots through stuff when you you don't even really real like gravity. You keep bringing up gravity. Yeah, it's but, just the closest comparison. I well, like of. the first time I I saw gravity, I didn't even think about they haven't cut yet until I went back to see it again. I'm like, man, that is one long ass like continuous shot oh really that's all i noticed the first time i saw well, it I but it's because like, god damn what the my, hell my point is that you know because i'm just sitting back watching yeah, the know. movie it's shot well enough that my brain doesn't look for the the edit this and is the opposite like my brain was wanting the edit my brain was wanting to get oriented a little bit and on that note ladies and gentlemen that's going to do it for us tonight. <laughs> You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end of the word crew, at gmail.com. If you guys want to follow us, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Movie Crew Pod. Uh, and please always remember, if you could take the time, give us a rating, iTunes, Stitcher, that would be appreciated. Jeremy Benson, where can people follow you, sir? Catch me at J. Edward Benson on Twitter. There you go. And guys, uh, our movie, Mr. Benson here, wrote and directed. I uh, had the pleasure of editing Girl in Woods on iTunes, all those VOD platforms. Voodoo, Amazon. Rent, buy. Support us. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Those really help out. All right, guys. And like always, uh, we close out the show with a little bit of music. 
Uh, we're gonna play two tracks because yeah, you know I think it really we didn't really touch on the music, but I really enjoyed the music. The score is really good. Yeah, I really really dig it. Uh, and this is from John Estrand. We're gonna play track two from the soundtrack. First, it's called "It's Alive," and then we're gonna play the last track from the film, track sixteen, "A Long Way Back." Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> 